Well, I'm really excited about this episode. This should be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm excited to hear what they have to say. Um, that first episode I thought was uh, was pretty good overall. Um, we we got a lot of good content there. Um, it's, 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 so I think this one's going to be a lot of fun as well. Uh, always good to hear from these guys and what they have to say and kind of the music process. So with that, why don't we go ahead and get started here? I'm Bob, and welcome to the House Plants Podcast. We're here to talk about music, media, and the mission of Jesus, and so much more. Well, guys, I got to be honest, I'm really excited about today, because today we have, uh, we have two great guests with us. Uh, we have uh, we have Colin McSweeney with us, returning once again. Hello. Yep, and Zach Kratzer, also returning with us once again. What's up? So I think we're going to have a great podcast with these guys. These guys are going to share their knowledge. They're going to share their uh, their, their experiences mm. with us and and help us understand more about their songwriting process. So true. It's I mean, always... the thing about our songwriting process is that everybody wants to know about our songwriting process. <laughs> It's always a pleasure to come on and explain to the people who are listening that we have got it and mm, they yes. want it and we're going to tell you how to do it. Not as good as us, but somewhat at a beginner level in the shadow yes, of what they, we are doing. Well, yeah. Hopefully our listeners can develop some, uh, mm. but yeah, yeah, they will only be a mere shadow. A, per- a of percentage us. of that which is Zach and Colin. Uh, if you will. Well, mm-hmm. I must say it's an honor to be able to to bask in your Indeed. glory for 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 <laughs> just a short period of time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do the real intro. Let's do the real intro. <laughs> okay, ready? Yeah. I'm Zach, and I'm Colin, and I'm Bob, and, and welcome, welcome to, to the House Plants podcast. podcast. That was a jumbled mess on my headphones. Yeah, it's okay. No big deal. We're trying new we'll things. See how that works out. And we're here to talk about music, media, and the mission of Jesus. Awesome. Woo-hoo. Much, okay. much more. There it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, hopefully this uh, this mock intro was a good <laughs> springboard into what we're doing today. Uh, yeah. We are. We're gonna have still a lot of talking about us. But in all honesty, it's, it's been wonderful getting a chance to hear from you guys on this type of technical level. And I look forward to this episode kind of digging in deeper. If you guys, if, if our listeners, if you all just joining with us, we will be digging deeper into uh, what Colin and Zach kind of do, go through when it comes to creating some of the songs and things that they've done for the for the house plants podcast this episode will make 119 ep- unique episodes each one with a song that has gone with it so that's a quite a bit of experience to go along with, with what we have here so um, it's a it, songwriting like boot camp yeah. stretched oh, out yeah. over two and a oh, half yeah. years so <laughs> yeah so, so it, 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 i think this episode is going to be a lot of fun i look forward to hearing what you guys have to say but before be we dig into too. that why don't we do a little bit of worship I like this idea. Yeah, I concur. So, um, you know, uh, uh, to be honest, guys, um, I'm not exactly sure what song our worship song would be. Um, yeah, me neither. <laughs> uh, the joys of recording ahead of time. <laughs> so we are going to be recording this ahead of time. And I'll just tell you this. Uh, it'll be the uh, for the first time ever on the podcast. This will be a surprise to even us. Um, <laughs> we will we will come up with a with a great song and we'll 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 throw it in there and uh, hopefully you guys enjoy it. So, without further ado, here, here it is. 
Daily I 
Father, we just thank you so much for the fact that you are moving in our midst, um, that you are here, um, that you are um, reaching out to our listeners um, in ways that we cannot. And I pray for anyone who is listening who wants to learn more about songwriting and just kind of talk about and share that kind of experience. I pray that you'd bring those people to us, um, that we can um, form relationships with them and, and meet new songwriters and just kind of develop together um, in our abilities to basically just to honor you. Um, thank you that you were already um, doing so much to bring your people together to worship you. And I just pray that we would be a part of that today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Good prayer, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, buddy. Man, wasn't that song great? <laughs> the particular parts of the song that were so good were just amazing. It was and, even better than we could have expected. And that ending. <laughs> yeah. What a, what a fantastic uh, delivery. Now <laughs> let us, let us move on. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, uh, so we're, we we're in a silly back. mood. We're in a yeah. silly mood. But we are going to be digging back into this once again. Um, and so I, I'm really excited. Last time I started you guys out with a question uh, well, well, actually, just as a short recap, last time we talked about yeah. kind of the process uh, when it comes to like mir- uh, music and lyrics and subject lines. Uh, we also talked about where words come from. How, how do you how do you come up with that? Or in regards to music specifically, choosing a style, uh, chords and things like that. Um, and I opened last time with kind of an impromptu question. I'm going to open one with you. <laughs> Hi, Rain. Hold on. Rain is yep. going to open up first. <laughs> yes, Rain. What is your question? Rain, could you Rain, do you have a question for the podcast? Rain, come over here. Come. Come here, Rainy. Oh, now you're being quiet? The no. joys of online podcasting. I love it. Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah, she so, uh she heard something. Sorry guys, continue. That's all good. So so here here's my impromptu question for you guys. Okay, okay. let's hear it. Now so far th- this this episode will make 119. And yes, we don't know. At the, at the current time, uh, what the music is, uh, what the worship song was for this particular episode. But the 118 songs prior to this, at some point, you have either kind of been the lead writer on it or kind of a secondary. When it comes to being the lead writer on the song, which song 
would you say is the favorite one you recorded as the lead creator of that song? Mm. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Mm. Well, I guess I can go first. Um, I think I'm going to have to say Joshua's song. Mm-hmm. Personally, that song is the one that's the most meaningful for me right now. And I think since we've started the podcast, um, that's been my favorite one to kind of develop and record. And what's cool was um, it is a very minimal sort of song, um, but it is still one that Colin really liked and got into. And he even came up with uh, this kind of bassy piano part. If you go back and listen to it. Mm-hmm. And I think we did the song on an episode and then we might've redid it at one point. I think we did it on a live stream. And then did I think it we did episode. it on a live stream first. Yeah. I think and then right. later I was like, Hey, we did this in the live stream, but we didn't actually do it as yeah. the song. Yeah. And so I yeah. still, uh, I kind of have a vision for what I want that song to do. Eventually I kind of want to maybe make a more full version. Um, but yeah, just, because that one was a song that God just kind of gave to me, um, not fully fleshed out, but nearly fully fleshed out. And it was like one of those times where I woke up in the middle of the night and just kind of had that scripture in my head and kind of a close approximation of the melody that I wanted. I didn't have to work at it very much and just kind of like wrote it in like an hour or two. Um, so I really enjoy when that gets to happen. It's kind of rare, but I love it. So that'd be my pick. What about you, Colin? Hmm. Let's see. Something as good as Joshua song. (laughs) Um, Be strong and courageous. Um, You know what, guys? If you give me a minute, I'm going to look at the list of songs that I have written and tell you what my favorite is. I, I, you know, it's weird. It's, it's it's hard for me to pick uh part of the reason it's hard for me to pick is because um where i am at the time when i write the song that song is my favorite one mm. <laughs> like but then i definitely now, can relate to that for but sure now, but now it's like not that time you know so mm-hmm. i'm like uh which which one going back did i Okay, yeah, no. Um I guess because of who I am as a person who 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 is so extra. <laughs> I would say I would have to say a uh, revival song. Oh yeah, that's a really good one. Do 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 do. Um but it, it, I will say this right now about revival song. Mm-hmm. It's not been re- the, your question, Bob. Was is it ha- the best one you've recorded? Well, 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 th- th- I would say that this one hasn't had its chance to be recorded the way that I hear it. We've done an acoustic version of it, which is yeah. pretty good for the time being. Which is what we have of a lot of different songs that sure. probably sure. could but, be full band. But it was oh, yeah. published on the podcast, and that was my that that was my main. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. So yeah, that was so revival thing. song. Uh, lyrically, I was very happy with it. It was one of the songs that actually yeah. uh, doesn't have as much of a like cookie cutter scripture thing. It's more about uh, the idea 
it was more of an idea type song than it was like a scripture like type song. Uh-huh. So that's one yeah. of the rare times where I do that, uh, like Zach can, uh, you know, and, and it also musically to me was very appealing, uh, because it has a lot of energy, but it also has a lot of melodic, um, changes. And so dynamically and musically it's, it's my favorite, but then also lyrically, I still do really believe in the message of, um, we need revival in this place. We need revival in this place. Like I I think, Mm -hmm. I think, uh, and what I'm not talking, what I'm, what I'm not talking about with the song is, um, just more people in church. I mean, like more people like really passionate about like Jesus. And so, um, I remember when I was younger, um, just knowing like a lot of like who I knew of the Christian community before I was a Christian, were all really like high energy, super excited about Jesus type people. And, and now we, we kind of live in a cynical, you know, whatever kind of world. So that one rings the most true to me now, even after writing it and going back and looking. Yeah. So revival, revival song. There you go. Very nice. If you guys want to hear, Joshua song. Joshua song is on episode 63, the live stream. And then it's also on, let me look. Sorry. Just so I make sure to tell people. That was episode, episode 73. So it was episode 63 for the live stream. Then episode 76 for the Rob Lean prayer series. Wow. Uh, so, what I'm remembering revival was episode 41. Wow. So <laughs> the live stream where Joshua song debuted was the first episode we did when the pandemic started COVID. We yep. did a COVID yep. live stream just to kind of like, you know, bolster people's hope. Like that's all we were doing. Right. And um, so it's funny to think that if we're almost to episode 120. That means that there are nearly as many episodes since COVID-19 hit as yep. there are before. That's, That's crazy to me. That's a crazy <laughs> I idea. I just had that realization. <laughs> that is insane. Because I felt like we had been doing the podcast for a while when it started. So, so what's interesting is to me, what's interesting to me at least is um, we have, um, we had started the podcast in um, the beginning of 2019 the the fe- February of 2019, right? Yes. Yeah. So getting to like 50 episodes to the first like kind of like it took Christmas about a year. special. Yeah. To us was like, oh man, we've done so much, but look how far we've come since then. So yeah, I mean, it we've more than doubled what we thought would have been like our our like stopping point. So yeah. I, I I even I, even though it feels long ago, it doesn't feel so long in the big scheme of things because we're gonna <laughs> be trucking through the year. So anyway. Yep. Yep. Awesome. That's a great question, Bob. Okay. Well, getting back into the actual episode notes that we have here, okay. uh, let, let me let me ask you this: Could you please go into talk about some of the technical aspects of how to write a song? Maybe, so maybe start right. with just the music first, and then maybe talk about lyrics second. Yeah. So, so first, you need a uh, first. you need a doll, uh-huh. a DAW, um, digital audio workstation. You need yeah. a MIDI keyboard. Without oh, this, yeah. you can't write music, right? <laughs> um, you yeah. have to have vocal auto-tune yeah. app or plug-in of some kind. 
<laughs> so so I have um I have a live piano here. Uh, even though we're live streaming, and I and I might use it just to, just to teach a little bit. That'd be fancy. Um, so that way we could at least get a little bit of like actual like get somebody started. Um, last last episode, I realized too kind of too late as we were going through, which is why we kind of broke this up. I think that I think there are people that are that I'm sure they're at least mildly interested uh, to hear the broad grandiose like vague but broad strokes of how to write a song but i was thinking if you give somebody just little like notes on how to actually like start start one so um for everybody listening i guess oh okay yeah and also i figured to save time i'll talk a little bit about music and then i'll turn it over to zach to talk about lyrics and we can just like comment for each other's whatever if we want to but for music, in terms of like actually starting a song musically, mm-hmm. um, obviously you have to have an instrument or just a, vo- a voice. But with with just your voice, you would be literally just writing lyrics and adding a melody line. Now, if you if you're a, a, a vocalist and you're doing a non instrumental like aria or something, if that's that's your thing, fine. But for everybody else in the world you're probably going to need to have at least an instrument to, to, to sing to or, or a friend music with an instrument. Yeah. Or, yeah. or in the rare case uh, where you just do not have an instrument. I know there are people who, um, who use like creative commons, like backtrack chords, like hymns and stuff and just sing over them. The Or download uh, like free beats off of YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, for example, um, Jonathan Powers did that one song on our <laughs> podcast. And are we yet alive? That was a hymn, and I think he wrote a chorus to it. No, well, but he's well, also written songs where he straight up wrote lyrics and right. used a hymn tune. Well, yeah. like for for um, uh, who is the other guy from your seminary, Zach? The uh, the guy who oh CJ CJ didn't he have a he wrote a song about the Holy Spirit, I think, and it was, it was called the, the something fire fire, something, something fire. Yeah. Yeah. It was um, based on Charles Wesley, like poetry that had never been turned into like a musical tune, but and it was, but, but, but you, you like what seminary does, used you song, used, yeah. you used a hymns uh, melody line. Yeah. We so do for, that a lot at Asbury. I don't know if that is a super widespread thing, but it is, a, it is something you're allowed to do. Um, because of creative, uh, I mean, it's public domain. Most of those hymns, an inward baptism of fire. That's, that's right. I, th- I think that was the name of it. Mm-hmm. It was it was Charles Wesley. Yeah, that's right. So um, so so what I'll say is this: uh, if you have no instrument, if you have no way to back your your song, uh-huh. there is there is always get go online to uh, some old hymns or go online and find some some very you know creative commons like camp town yeah. races or something i don't know but <laughs> i mean even at that point you could still sing over top of it but or, you know in, in terms of actually writing music if that is your goal which is what i want to talk about uh-huh. you're going to need to find first you're going to need to find which key you're going to play the song in. now if you're on guitar or on piano or on any instrument, really, you're most likely going to be in one of these three keys. You're going to be in the key of G, the key of C, or the key of A, 
if you're on a uh, like a band, like if you're a clarinet player or something. Now, that would almost defeat the purpose if you were a clarinet player because you can't sing and play at the same time. Now, that's why the well, piano and the guitar you can't. Maybe, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> no, people who could beatbox can. with a woodwind instrument, probably. <laughs> but um, so, uh, for example, on a piano, if you guys can hear, can you guys hear that? Uh, yes, we can. So that is middle C, and so. Um, in terms of writing music, if you know your key, um, it is possible to write a melody line with just the tonic, the one chord, which would be whatever key your song is in. So if you're, if all you know how to play is a G chord on the guitar, uh, technically you can sing a few hymns with just the one chord. It doesn't sound super technical or fancy, um, so, for example, um, uh, 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 Solid Rock, um, which I have a version of uh, where I like kind of step down. But if you just play it in G and you sing, um, uh, uh, let's see, how does that one start? Uh, my hope is built on nothing less. Okay, yeah, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus blood and righteousness mm-hmm. I cannot trust the sweetest frame but holy lean on Jesus name all right so for people who don't know a lot about writing music uh-huh. um, if you can at least get your first chord so if it's a G and that's all you know and that's fine and, and of course if people are taking it a step further and actually wanting to write music in a technical fashion and you've taken lessons with a selective instrument that you can sing along to, um, you will really fall in line with a classic one, four, five, six mode. And so that's what most worship songs are in. That's almost every single song. Uh, and so if you're in the key of G again, so you, that's so, one. So, so, you, so when you, okay, go ahead. So uh, for, for everybody listening and to, to make it a little simple, I just say one, four, five, six. And the reason I say that. And so you're referring to the, the, the base note of the, of the key and that's the right. fourth note in the key and the fifth right. and sixth note in the key. Okay. That's right. So on guitar, mm-hmm. on guitar, if you're playing a G chord, then your C chord is the next fret up in the same, no, I'm sorry, the next string up on the same fret, which is your four. Yeah. So, uh, your five would be, um, you know, one whole step up from that. And then your six minor is one whole step up from that. So those four chords. So, for example, if you're in the key of G, it's G, C, uh, it's, it's G, C, D, and E minor. And so um, last thing I'll say, because I don't want to take up the whole episode is that if you want to start with just lyrics, which I won't go into, I want Zach to take over on that, but if you have some lyrics and you want to write music to the lyrics, or if you have no lyrics and you just want to come up with a tune, there's no better place to start than using those four chords. Now, when mm. it gets more complicated is when you add whatever's left of that scale. So like, you know, the two minor or major, the whatever, the three minor and all that stuff. You but, throw in some uh, sevens and augmenteds and dementeds and dementors, but not to not to do any um, copyright. But if it was a song like our songs, 
like for example, flourish would be G one almost. So, uh, you know, almost one four C a uh, high. Uh, E minor, which is the six minor. Mm. I am planted in five D. Your house. So it's not just three D or four D. It's five four D. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm yelling them out as I go. But um, essentially, mm. you want to if you if you are very novice or beginner in the music writing process, one yeah. four five six minor is is a is a very easy way to write a song, and um, as such a lot of worship songs fall into that mode. So if you find yourself wanting to write something, I would suggest once you get to a place where you can play four or five chords um, with an instrument to go and listen to some songs that you like and try and figure out what chords they're playing. The, the One of the best ways to be better at writing music is to play along with yeah. the music. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was, a, when I was first getting started, one of the bands that I listened to a lot um, is Pink Floyd. Now, Pink Floyd does have a lot of complicated music, but a lot of their more popular tunes like Wish You Were Here and Welcome to the Machine and, uh, you know, uh, All in All, we're just uh, another brick in the yeah. wall. All of those are very simplistic and are usually about three or four chords, easy enough to play. Um you know, uh, there's the Eagles. There's like, if you're not a Christian person, there's like stuff like the Eagles or, or whatever that is very easy, just four chords. Um, so anyway, all that's to say, first start by finding the key, which is the one chord, you know, like your C or your G or whatever. Try singing your melody line in that way. And the last thing I will say is this kind of bleeds into lyrics, which is why I'm going to just pass the torch in a sec. But when you do write your melody lines musically, you're going to want to keep a count of, of what kind of um, rhythm your melody line is in. Uh, and Zach can speak more to the uh, 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 standard meter and the meters like that, because that really falls into yeah. what, what, what happens with the lyrics. But in terms of the musicality of that, for example, um, Amazing Grace um, has a has a rhythm to it, and it if you took away the music of it, it would be um, mm-hmm. it would be set it da, to, da, uh, da 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 like yep. that. So instead of you know Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that Island? a wrench like me. So oh, I said a wrench, but I meant a wrench. Uh, so. Um, uh, that is also very, very important. Um, a lot of times, mm-hmm. like uh, a lot of times with the melody line, you you find yourself um, maybe just doing nothing but like the same rhythm for every note. So it would just be like, you know, my name is Colin and I am 33. <laughs> I don't know. Just like, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. whatever, just very, uh, very basic. Yeah. Um, so I would say don't try and overcomplicate it. Start with the, start with your, uh, your picking your key and singing to it. Um, and, um, make sure that rhythmically your melody line falls in line with the rhythm yeah. of the chords you decide to play. Zach, what are we doing with lyrics? Okay. So there's really, 
Yeah. There's really two ways that you can approach like the technical aspect of lyrics because there's like the, the technical aspects and like the conventions of like how you compose your lyrics. But then there's also like, where do you start conceptually? Um, uh, so since, yeah. since Colin talked a little bit about um, kind of the technical pieces of music first, I'll kind of start there, but then I'll kind of, I'll go into a bit more of the conceptual and idea side of it. Yeah. So there's a couple things you can do with lyrics. If you're starting out um, that kind of have a little bit to do with uh, music and the cadence, you know, that you're going to be singing in. Um, one of the ways that we learned in my songwriting class um, was to take what's called a meter and so if you listen to a lot of older classical music and hymns, um, things of that nature, even though, you know, you might want to be writing something more modern, um, this might be a good place to start because it will give you some of the foundations of how lyrics are written. But you can go to any hymn in a hymnal and it will have a meter. Usually there's a meter listed, like it might say above amazing grace, for instance, it'll say CM. That stands for common meter, and that is a pattern of syllables to each line. And so common meter, for instance, I believe is 8686. Amazing grace, how sweet this sound. That saved a wretch wretch like like me. me. Yeah, 8686. And so it's 868686 over and over and over again. And so what you do, and it's kind of like when you're in high school and they make you write a haiku (laughs) <laughs> you're um, you have a set amount of syllables and that's how you kind of get used to the rhythm of songwriting. Now for more modern stuff, you don't necessarily have to stay in that box quite as much, right. but I think for a lot of people, it's good to have that foundation of writing something that's more in the box um, so that you can expand on it later. Um, it's kind of like, um, some of the stuff that we learned in like film classes where like you don't want to break rules of filmmaking or script writing or anything like that just to break them, just to be a rebel or whatever. But once you learn the conventions of it, then you can play with the rules a little bit for the desired effect that you want. Right. Um, And so I did not really start out that way. Um, in terms of writing lyrics, I kind of started not knowing what I was doing <laughs> and experimented and stumbled upon the fact that, you know, some songs feel more like they're in the box and more repetitive and other songs feel like they're a bit more free form. Um, a lot of people also are kind of learning from like, I noticed like hip hop and things like that are kind of a bit more, they were always kind of in the mainstream or they have been for a long time. But uh, even nowadays, I almost feel like the new, like when we were younger, we listened to a lot of rock. And so we kind of are inspired by like rock lyrics. Like even Colin mentioned like Pink Floyd. Oh, I'm right there with him. I feel like a lot of younger people coming up nowadays, listen to a lot of pop and that's a lot of like, I don't know. We can discuss whether we like it or not. <laughs> while talking. I can tell you right now. I yeah, don't yeah. like it, but yeah. I don't, I don't like a lot of it either, but um, I do kind of like, some of the hip hop that I've heard. And I feel like um, there's kind of a big influence there from that. So (laughs) I don't know if you, if you feel comfortable with this, 
I would even suggest like maybe trying to rap a little bit. <laughs> well, well, I'm not saying go become a rapper, but listen to the he, way you're talking about. Yeah. You're talking about speaking your lyrics rhythmically. Yeah, just to get a sense of rhythm. Hey, I, I, yeah. I didn't even, yeah. I didn't even really get into this, but mm-hmm. in, in reality, I mean, there might be people listening to the podcast that want to write rap songs. I mean, we be. may not be the best, and go for it. Like, yeah, we may not be the best people that give me. you that advice. But. <laughs> Yeah, don't take your advice from me if that's what you want to do necessarily. But I do think um, – I think for me at least, listening to multiple different genres has helped me come up with some of the technical aspects of writing and I will mix them together. Um, like one of my favorite lyricists is actually Reese Roper from uh, from Five Iron Frenzy because I think his – you know, the the things that he uses to write lyrics in the way that he's kind of like slightly sarcastic, but also his lyrics are kind of smart. Um, I feel like I actually have a lot of inspiration from that, but if you listen to a Zach Kratzer song, it does not necessarily sound like ska. (laughs) Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if we had, if we had, if we had a brass section, uh, long could have taken a completely different could turn. Have been. Yeah, could have. Now, um, Colin, you mentioned that you're not really into. You don't really do much in the way of rapping, or not really into that. I just, much. I just don't believe How, that I would be the best person to give advice on rap. However, however, when you wrote your hymn, that the way that you lyrically structured that reminded me much more of a of a hip hop rap. Hmm. Are you talking about? Uh, when, 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 when we had the episode a while back where we all each of us each wrote a hymn oh yeah you like the lyrics of um are you talking about the psalm no no he's talking I, about I, how I, long I, I, i'm sorry yeah this uh um he's talking about how long how long oh yeah lord because that one had it's the way yeah. that you structured your lyrics they were so unique so different from anything else you had ever done Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I know what you're saying. I, I, you told me that. Yeah, no, I, 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 I tried only because I felt like I had, I, I had a deficiency there. So maybe that's, yeah. I, I, I I'm just saying that, that it definitely held, had a more of an upbeat rhythmically it yeah. more of a rap hip hop like. So, yeah. so like, like what Zach was just saying too, that, that really broke the mold as far as like a yeah. meter. It didn't mm-hmm. really follow the, the, like the, the generic meter and that's, Maybe something for the more advanced class that Zach yeah. will be teaching in the fall. But <laughs> listen, so listen to a lot of different influences. I say would be my next tip. So yeah, first one is start out with you know some of the very basic foundations and conventions of writing. And then the second one would be uh, to listen to you know all kinds of different influ- anybody that you respect as a songwriter. Just really like dig into. Um, listen to them while reading their lyrics out loud and kind of try to memorize it a little bit. That's kind of how I learned. I would like memorize songs, you know, um, place to start. And then getting into the conceptual side where, okay, so now how do I come up with ideas for lyrics? I know how to set a tempo and a cadence. Um, I know what rhythm and structure I'm going to kind of use. Um, one of the things would be, um, to maybe keep like a journal. I actually had started doing this. Um, I've got this little book and if I ever think of something that's just kind of even an abstract idea, I'll kind of journal it down a little bit and I will go back through and I'll look, 
um, for different ideas. And there have actually been songs that I've written that have been multiple ideas for little song snippets that I ended up mixing together. Um, the song above the noise, uh, which is based on Paul's, uh, first Corinthians 13, I think, Um, uh, guys, uh, I don't really want to go into this, this place. So maybe we should just move on to a, see what I did there, Zach. Oh yeah. Don't want to go into this place. Empty space. I think that that was like a couple different ideas. And then when I realized they were kind of the same, like topic, I kind of pointed it at that one scripture and kind of made it into a song. And I think power was like that too, because I stole that bridge from something else. That was a song that I was never going to finish. You stole a bridge. Mm-hmm. I'm Carmen. What San if cars Diego will crash? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you, you have to fix up the infrastructure. You know? Oh, so there you go. Technical. But yeah. So work on the infrastructure of your song as you're coming up with your like concepts and different ideas and mix things together if you have to. Um, and then I guess the last thing would be um, to think about, there's something that I like to call the economy of language. I don't think I came up with this. I think other people have thrown you this around. You told me about it though, but yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, how well are you using each word? Like, are take a look at every single verb in a song you've written and ask yourself, like, is this a good verb? You know? Yeah. Like I could say um, that I'm, you know, that uh, I could say like, okay, I trust in God. I trust in God. I trust in God or something as a lyric, but you might. Wow. How interesting. Yeah. You could maybe make it better by saying like, I trust in God. I lean on his word. I depend on, you know, his life. And I hang on the hope. I hang on the hope. Hey, there you go. Kind of like that. Um, so yeah, yeah, I hang. That's a very good descriptive verb. You know, so just think about your word choices. Um, there's no shame in using thesaurus.com. <laughs> there is no shame. I, no there shame. really is yeah. not. There My is next no album, I think, is going to be sponsored by uh, thesaurus.com and uh, RhymeZone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. RhymeZone's amazing, but sometimes yeah. it's a little jank. Sometimes you, you sometimes you say, okay, what rhymes with porridge? And it says like porridge. Well, there's like a hundred rhymes for that, and they're all like not good rhymes. Yeah. It's like very specific stuff you would Storage. never rhyme with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, but no, uh yeah. I like the idea of the thesaurus. Sorry, continue. Yeah. Um I think, yeah, just in terms of economy of language, so there's like on the level of like looking at each specific word, you can really kind of go in at a very, you can zoom in really close on your lyrics and like <laughs> edit it. Or you can also kind of take the higher up, more zoomed out view and you can ask yourself about the structure of the song too. Like, uh, you know, where is this song actually going anywhere? And so like one of the things I like to kind of try to do is make each verse of a song have its own little theme you know, and I think I get this idea a lot from hymns. So like if you take like this isn't an old hymn, but in Christ alone, which a lot of people will be familiar with. Um, yeah, each, everyone thinks it's an old hymn, but in fact, it's very, yeah, very recent. Yeah. A lot of people are surprised to know it was written in like 1999 or something like that. Yeah. But um, you can actually kind of see how each verse is a different part of the story. 
And there's a lot of other songs that have been written that way, but you know, it, instead of having like a bunch of random ideas, just like spread out across random verses, see if you can like bunch your ideas together uh, yeah. into clumps so that they, you know, that way it makes the song feel like it goes somewhere. Oh yeah. 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 And that's a good question overall. Like, where's this song going? Um, so that was a lot of technical stuff and a lot of good conceptual stuff. I like it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we could probably talk just about that for a really long time, we but I, I would, did. I would say that it's a good idea for us to keep the ball rolling. I want to finish mm-hmm. out on a strong note. Um, so Bob, where are yeah. we at? Well, let's go back and let's talk about instead the arranging and remaking of existing oh, yeah. hymns. So instead of remaking something that, uh, instead, of, instead of making something new, let, let, let's 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 talk more about something that already exists. You you want to update? You you want to use a modern hymn? Uh, how, how or you want you want to make a hymn that already exists modern? Um, Blessed Assurance is one example. Um, or. Or or mix or mix other hymns together, make like two hymns. Yeah, one. medley. Sure, sure. So, so um, oh, 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 you're you're talking like actually make 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 two uh turn two hymns into one new one. Well, yeah, I just meant I you're I know what you're saying. You're rearranging uh, yeah. old hymns. Okay. Yes. So how do you decide on what yeah. new direction to take with hmm. him? So I'm just gonna say this, and then I'm gonna let Zach take over. Um, I think that it's okay to just say i want to make it my style yeah i think that's okay that's not like a weird or selfish thing but also i want to say that all of the stuff we've already talked about in terms of like uh the the music writing and the lyrics writing aspect can play a huge role in in, in rearranging him because once you understand the songwriting process uh, a little bit better you can say to yourself like how do i make this kind of like flow in the ways that I would want to sing mm-hmm. like I think that rearranging a hymn is personal. I think that people oftentimes try and make it like universal. And sometimes that's great. Like uh, people, people like, you know, your, your Matthew West, your, your uh, uh, David Crowder's, your Tom, um, uh, um, Chris, Chris Tomlin. Tomlin's, mm-hmm. they, they will try and they will try and simplify a song to make it, easier to worship to that that to me is not an issue but i do think it's okay to say you know what this is the style that i like associate with and i'm the worship leader maybe it's time for me to do that one of the one of the people we know that does that really really well is ken he is like the classic rock like 70s guy (laughs) and he just does that like i mean am i wrong zach like what's the part chris tomlin part cat stevens yeah, that's right. <laughs> anyway, I'll take I'll turn it over to Zach. No, that was just my small point. Go yeah. ahead, Zach. Oh man, it's so weird with rearranging hymns because I rarely and I think Colin, you can kind of attest to this too. I rarely take a hymn and just go like, you know what? It'd be nice to just like mess with this. It's more <laughs> yeah, like no. we yeah. usually are doing it because we find that we need to for some reason. It seems like it's almost always for like a specific purpose. Would you agree? Um, yeah, no. So for us, yes, that's true. I'm not saying that that's, that we are in the position that every worship leader is in, but for us, it's true. Yeah. I think in our our experience, it seems like it's all, it's always like, um, 
we might be doing a specific type of service or something. Mm-hmm. And there's a hymn that just would go great because of the lyrics, but it's a tough hymn to play. See, so that, that is a really yeah. good example of something yeah. that both we and worship leaders would face. So yeah, I would agree mm-hmm. there, but like in terms of like, uh, and I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to poo-poo on people or anything, but uh, <laughs> why don't we poo-poo on we everybody? Poo-poo everybody, Mike Branstetter, come on, tell us. <laughs> so, um, the the thing is, there are those big like churches that just sometimes like want to make a mm-hmm. cool version, yeah. you know, like yeah. Uh, I'm not I'm not hating on it. I'm just saying that they that is another case, yeah. and, and you know. If it's enjoyable, if it brings new life to an old hymn that people don't necessarily like really care about, that's fine too. But you're right. I think that the most, um, the, the best kind of like motive would be that you want to bring like a good worship experience regardless of how you're doing it. Yeah. So I'm thinking of like one specific time where, um, we had, uh, there was this lady named Susan Shower that the three of us know. She yep. used to go to oh, yes. um, she used to go to church with us, and she passed away in like 2009 or 10, yep. somewhere around there. And she had requested that w- me and Colin play um, "A Mighty Fortress Is Our God" at her memorial service before she passed away. And so we had to learn it. We did not know this song prior. And it's a very, um, very classic hymn style in the way that it's written. Mm-hmm. And so we needed to make it work for two acoustic guitars. So we just kind of came up with um, kind of a different version. We kept the melody, I think, pretty true to form. But I think we turned like one verse into a bridge sort of just so that it would have kind of a bit more yeah. of a dynamic and would be a good worship experience for like just two guys playing acoustic with kind of a small group of gathered friends and family. And I think it really worked. And we've done that sort of thing multiple times. Um, I know Colin did a really good one for, I think a Christmas service or maybe an Advent service where you took it as well. And Oh, come, Oh, come Emmanuel. Yeah. Well, and so it, it, it is, it's not necessarily O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. It is, uh, it is well done in a, in a completely different way to have mm-hmm. a little bit more of a, of weight to it. And also yeah. a lot of, of a lot of the modern renditions of it as well, uh, are done with the three specific verses that are more popular, but yeah. it as well has like seven verses and two of yeah. them very much, uh, talk about the second coming of Christ. Yeah. And so I thought, you know, how can I take it as well and make it more Christmassy because it was a Christmas service. And so I did that. I called yeah. it, it is Emmanuel. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and I made it have a little tiny music, uh, like a instrumental bridge with a, with a, uh, just, a, have just that bridge. one line from O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, which is, um, Emmanuel, oh, Emmanuel, uh, shall come to thee, O Israel. Yeah. So, but yeah. that was really good because, and maybe, maybe this is kind of a hint of a good way to do this, but you were taking a similar concept in two different songs. 
Yeah, no, so, so, it's, so yeah. you found right. the common right. ground between the two. Yeah, that's right. And this, this is kind of like what you were talking about at the start, Colin, about the, of, of this of this question was this idea of, of combining multiple hymns into one, not in a medley form, but just it, uh, necessarily, but just in the way of finding that common. Medleys are fun. Yeah. Medleys are fun. Um, the other one that I did that uh, Zach, I think you might know about this one, but you were maybe not at FUMC yet. I'm not sure. But I did a medley once where I took uh, Casting Crowns um, Glorious Day where mm-hmm. it goes through every aspect of Jesus's life in each verse. If you know yeah. how that goes, it's a, a one day when um, heaven was filled with his mercies. I think the first verse kind of speaks to like the sort of the, uh, uh, you know, the, the kingship, the, the like mm-hmm. the kind of glory of God, the glory of the sun, the glory like- of the sun. In and, heaven, yeah. And so I think in verse one, after the first verse, I did we fall down. Yeah. And raise our crown at the feet of Jesus. And then second verse was one day they led him up Calvary's mountain, I think. I think that's mm-hmm. verse two. And so then. Um, you did all oh, the wonderful cross or I did, something. Oh, the, I did all oh, the wonderful cross for verse two. Yeah. And then verse three was, uh, you know, one day. uh the grave could conceal him no longer. And then we went into um, Christ is risen from the dead, which I believe is Chris Tomlin. Christ is Matt risen Marr? from the dead. We are one with him again. And then uh, ended it with the glorious day chorus. Yeah. So it was, a, it was, it was a fun way to do it. And then um, uh, what's his name? Jonathan Kleppinger uh contacted me and was like hey do you remember when you, how you did that is that written down anywhere and i said really we just took the music from from the other three uh and just kind of mm-hmm. laid them to the side yeah, and sang them. yeah. i um. mean so sometimes you can do it and it's it turns out great that that might be a more elaborate than most people would do we were trying to condense uh a big worship set into one yeah. song <laughs> Danny Key, who um, he's kind of the choir director for the seminary, he will sometimes take an opportunity to lead in chapel. Oh, oh, red alert, red alert. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's all right. All right. The, the uh, crazy so, stuff in the background. Yeah. My bad. Um, Danny Key, who leads um, the choir at the seminary, he'll sometimes lead worship in chapel and he will do medleys of hymns that we don't typically sing a lot, but are like classic. Uh-huh. So he'll, he'll take very gospel-y type hymns like victory in Jesus and there's power in the blood and stuff like that and make like little medleys out of those. There is power. And they're always the awesome. Power yeah. <laughs> I love and he'll one. do it all like on piano doing like the cool, like jazzy kind of gospel-y chords. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yep. Okay. So um, there you go. There's a, there's a few tidbits there. Um, yeah. There's some good ideas. Let's keep going. Yeah. So um, next question for you guys is, um, in your opinion, what makes a song truly great? What things are cons- uh, are, are considered in the writing process that, that they kind of make a song great in your in your in your viewpoint? Zach, you can take this first. I just have, I would have just like one or two small things to say. Mm-hmm. That make a song truly great. I think, so 
and it might be different with uh, worship songs or even Christian songs than it is from secular music. I think that secular music can still be great. Um, with Christian stuff or worship stuff specifically, I, I kind of I look at three areas, and we kind of got into this when we evaluated the CCLI uh-huh. music. But yeah. we looked okay. at you remember we looked at the theology of the lyrics the composition of the lyrics and then the composition of the music. Yes, that's right. And I think if all three of those are strong and they're working together really well, I think that makes a song really good. So a really good song, like the lyrics are going to fit the music really well. It's going to go somewhere, you know, kind of like we were talking about before. And I guess like for, and more secular music, I would judge it not necessarily on theology, but maybe I'd replace with yeah. theology with like the idea or concept behind the song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, message. It, I think message is important. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes a song is written specifically just for like to be funny. Like if it's Macklemore's yeah. thrift shop. Sure. I mean, the message isn't super deep in that song. <laughs> like I somebody. Think that- you know? Music can still be really good, even if it doesn't have a super deep message. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. If the message, um, if whatever the song is getting at is executed well, right? I'm trying right. to think of a good example. Um, because there are songs that are like more kind of funny almost. <laughs> I'm trying to think, a lot of Five Iron Frenzy is kind of like that. Um, okay, so, so here's a this is going to sound like a really weird thing to like bring up to, to, to make your point, Zach. But I uh-huh. think, I think this is a weird, uh, this is a weird style that, uh, and song, but it's executed perfectly the way that it's supposed to be executed. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's lasted so long. And that is the devil went down to Georgia. Yeah. So think about, think about it this way. Okay. Okay. In the song, it in the song they are not presenting a like generalized picture of, um, you know. Yeah, they're telling uh, a story. They're 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 telling a story, but they're telling it with the flavor and the like narration of like the Charlie Daniels style Mm -hmm. or whatever. And so it's Charlie Daniels band, right? Am I making sure? Yes, it's it's him. Okay, so. It's not going to be like metal or whatever. People have made it metal since then, but it has all of the flair of that style that Charlie Daniels does, but it also Mm -hmm. has um, dynamics in the song, which really do pump up the feeling of the song in the perfect way that you want it to, to convey the point in the message and the story in such a way that it's, that it's been heralded throughout time. And, and, uh, and, and there are a lot of songs like that and not just, not mm-hmm. just story songs. I'm just, that was just an example, Yeah. but that particular one, like you said, Zach, it's, yeah. it, it's not necessarily whether or not the style or the, the, it's not whether or not you're a virtuoso or if your lyrics are particularly. Does it do what it's what it's trying to do? Right. Does it do well what yeah. it's trying to do? And I think in yeah. that case, that one does well what it's trying to do. I think one one that I really like is um, Father and Son by Cat Stevens. Okay. And like that song, I think, was originally supposed to be part of a musical that Cat Stevens was wanting to write, but he never really got around to finishing it. But it's a song about um, a father and son kind of talking to each other and like 
the father kind of talking to the son about how he's got like these passions and stuff, but he's naive about the world. And it's very like typical of like, you know, what you learn as you grow older and wiser, but then also how like, you know, the world can mess up your passions and stuff. <laughs> and um, I think if you just like read through the lyrics of the song and the way that the song is structured and how it kind of like travels throughout this story and it's kind of abstract. Um, it's a really good one. And it's almost kind of one that's like a concept song. Cause there's like the characters talking back and forth. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, would you, okay. So final last thing I, I would say about a song being truly great, uh-huh. which I think Zach would agree. I think a song is truly great through the ears of the ear holder. <laughs> so, so some, so, you know, this is all very subjective. I like, I, but I like the way that Zach put it, you know, uh, is it accomplishing well what it's meant to do? Um, let's see. Uh, a, a, let's, let me talk about an actual Christian song that, that does that well. Um, so, I think put on. I think the garments of praise song does really well with it. Robin Mark. Now, a lot of people don't know about him. I love him, but let me just give an example. The lyrics there's it's literally two sections of lyrics, and then like a kind of a weird outro Mm -hmm. that just says "Hallelujah, Hallelujah." And it's uh, so not it's Isaiah. It's Isaiah. What is it? Fifty one? Is that where the uh, bones? Sixty one. No, it's not the same as the dry bones. No, it's, but it's, it's it's okay. Hold on, uh, I'll I'll look this up. Uh, Solon, uh, one second. I think it's sixty. It's the same one that when Jesus enters the temple and preaches for the first time, he opens it up and he says, "Like the spirit You're right, of the Lord is on 61. me." You're right. Yeah. It's Isaiah sixty-one. Um, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Yeah. And then it talks about like to proclaim um, the year of the Lord's favor in the day of vengeance mm-hmm. uh, to grant those who mourn in Zion, give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the mm-hmm. oil of gladness instead oil of gladness, blindness, the yeah. garment of praise instead of a, of a faint spirit that they may be called oaks of righteousness, planting of the Lord. Oh, such a good, such a good scripture. Um, yeah, I love it. So, so, uh, I like the idea of that song lyrically because it's from scripture, obviously, but you don't really need a lot to make the song worship. Well, it just Mm -hmm. has the right amount of message, very simplistic, but good. It has the right amount of musical dynamic, which really uplifts itself when it sings, um, you know, uh, uh, but, uh, these dry and weary bones yeah. rise to dance again. It's very, it's, it's, it's very uplifting in the way that it's supposed to. So even I've just talked about devil went down to Georgia and mm-hmm. Robin Mark, and they both apply to the yeah. rules that Zach had set forward and they work. So mm-hmm. there you go. Sweet. Okay. Let's do it, Bob. What's next? Yeah. So the last thing, uh, well, I shouldn't say the last thing, but one of the last things here, second, to last is in your opinion, what things can hold a song back? You talked about so things that make reverse. it great. Yes. Mm-hmm. So what things should be held as less important in regards to the process? What, 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 what things kind of hold a song back from, uh, from becoming great? 
Hmm. Um, I'm going to do a weird duality and say both <laughs> putting the song in a box and then thinking the song being in a box is bad. <laughs> do you understand I what, think I'm I know what you mean? I'm saying that if you put the song in a box and think that like, uh, you don't want to like try and do anything like special with it, that can hold it back. But also if you think that having it be simpler in a box in a few ways is bad, then that can hold it back too, because it's okay oh. to be simple. Like, yeah, you like, can almost feel like I need to do more with this song and overcomplicate it, and then it's not as good. But at the same time, <laughs> don't be, don't be afraid to take a chance. So, right. like, I know that's almost oxymoronic in the way it sounds, but um, like for example, Joshua song, Zach, you mentioned your song, Joshua song. It it if on mm-hmm. the surface does not sound like it's too complicated, which it's not. But it's doing a lot of things dynamically, and it's doing a lot of things lyrically, and it's doing a lot of things style, stylistically. Yeah. And so, um, or there's that one that I did, uh, um, "Dust in the Ground" is very mm-hmm. is, is very much like one of those. That's a very pretty song. But it's not doing anything too fancy. It's just yeah, stylistically fits. So. Uh, it's okay to be in a box if that box is appropriate, mm, but that's it's very wise, I think. <laughs> but 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 if but if you are afraid to take a chance because you're worried that you'll ruin a song, I would say take the chance too. Like, but, mm-hmm. let, let me expand on that question. Um, pick up on what you just uh, said for a second. How do you know whether it is appropriate for that particular song that you're writing? For it to be in a box or outside of a yeah. box, what 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 makes it appropriate? For a for a Christian, I would say be led by the Spirit. Uh, be led by, um, I guess the yeah the, the the voice that wants you to to succeed in glorifying the Lord. But for yeah. a regular songwriter, I would say kind of listen to the still small voice inside uh, yeah. and see if it's if it. it if if the song is complete or not yeah the, you know what would you say zach yeah i would say like you know a song doing things that take away from its intended purpose so for worship specifically um i think it's appropriate to have a box when it comes to if you're asking the congregation to sing it with you Ooh, that's um, because way. then you could get certain things that make a song complicated might make it sound really cool but might make it really hard to sing like one song that that i really like um but i don't really lead a lot is a song by hillsong united called so will i or so will i parentheses 100 billion x (laughs) because it has a bunch of different verses if you print out the sheet music to it um it's almost 100 billion x long because it's got like four different verses <laughs> yeah. in, in four different chor- there's a different chorus That's for every funny. single verse and it never repeats itself and it's a beautiful song but um it's just kind of takes you through this whole concept and i just think it's hard for a congregation to follow you <laughs> when you're doing that because again like they're just not people have a hard time getting familiar with all the lyrics of the song because there's so many. That makes sense. If, if it doesn't, if it doesn't repeat, 
uh, in, a, in yeah. a corporate setting in a, a yeah. large group setting you're kind of reliant on repetition in a lot of regards in order yeah. for, in order for co- the congregation to really begin to follow along with you right and so yeah i've noticed that a lot of times when that's sung in church it's not one that people sing out a lot too because you kind of are not sure like which verse is coming next if you're not unless you're you like really know the song it would be really nerve-wracking <laughs> yeah yeah um so yeah i think that would be the appropriate box for a worship song is to keep things more accessible for your congregation but for other so- types of songs not so much like colin and i have written some pieces that are supposed to kind of go in a concept album and those kind of move around a lot and change up like key changes and maybe they're more maybe they're more to listen to time signature they're a bit more for listening than yeah. they are for singing yeah but i mean and that's, that's not wrong sense. that makes sense yeah it's not bad yeah right but, so I think but maybe the intentionality purpose. of where a song is supposed to what it's supposed to accomplish and where it's coming from. Yeah. Going back to what you said about a song being great, I think it can apply to how it can be bad too. It's like you, you, you kind of lose what the point of the song was. If you try and do certain things to spruce it up. So yeah. (laughs) Okay. And if, if the song just kind of like goes in a random direction, (laughs) like I'm thinking about that. uh, (laughs) Go ahead. What is that YouTube video? This is just a joke, but like, the YouTube video that's the Ghostbusters theme song. Oh man! <laughs> like in the oh. second, in the second verse, it just starts oh, talking about man. a bed, a creepy ghost bed. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> I will go. It's it's a little inappropriate, but I will just say, um, the guy who wrote Ghost the Ghostbusters theme song, somebody remixed that song, he, and he literally took lyrics from Ray Park Jr. and like spliced them together. Yeah, and so it's, completely different instead stuff. of saying ghost busting makes me feel yeah. good, it just says busting, which is, you know. Right, like, right. But, 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 but in the second verse, it in says. In the second verse, it just starts talking about. He goes, I ain't afraid of no sleeping. I ain't afraid, I ain't of, no afraid sleep. of no bed. I ain't afraid of no bed. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm sleeping in a bed. It's like it goes off in a random Freaky direction. Freaky ghost bed. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like a bed flying away. Or they do the same thing with um, I want to fly away. Yeah, Lenny Kravitz. Lenny I want a Milky Way. I want a Milky Way. It starts out I talking about I want to fly. Way. I want to fly just like a dragonfly. Yeah, that's right. So and then the second verse, it's like I want a Milky Way. So you can't. So you can't. Right. So your yeah. point is well. Like if you do, uh, that's another thing that we kind of griped on in our CCLI kind of like mm-hmm. was. Stuff hey, you know, you have you have this you have this title of your song. The title might mm-hmm. be Oh Heavenly Lord. And then you have a whole verse about like riding a bike to church and, <laughs> and, and it just does not fit. Like yeah. it, it could be like the chorus is like, Oh, you heavenly Lord, you're always by my side. And then it's like verse two, it's like, I jumped on my bike and I rode it to church and my bike pedals just fell off the either yeah. side. And then the chain yeah. just broke. And I was like, Oh no, what do I do now? And then of course comes back in. Oh, heavenly Lord. You're, you're just like, wait, what was that? Like, what does that even have to do with what we were singing about? So it can go in some weird directions. I, I understand your gotcha. point. And that can be bad for the song. It can hold the song back. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So let, let, let's go ahead and close with uh, giving you guys an open platform to say any other advice, anything else you want to add real quick when it comes to writing a song. 
Zach, you first. I've been talking a bunch. Hmm. I would say, uh, for one, find what helps you prime the pump for creativity, I guess. Like, for me, I found certain things help me, like, keep track and stay creative. Like, writing stuff down when I think of it, even if it's not fully fleshed out, helps me. Be strong and creative. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because those moments where you wake up in the middle of the night with almost a fully fleshed out idea are few and far between. Right. Um, Like another one is this is the one we serve. I kind of had a little bit of a melody in mind for that. And then like all of a sudden when I started really writing it, it just kind of flowed very freely. Um, Those moments are rare. Um, So keep track of the little snippets that you get. Um, Keep in a little notebook works really well for me. And then I also say like practice, like just because you sit down and write something doesn't mean you have to turn it into a fully fleshed out song. It might just kind of be an exercise in writing. It might be a good idea if you have a few minutes just to take out a notebook and just start jotting down descriptive words about, you know, a bird that you saw outside. And, And, you know, that'll help kind of, prime the pump, you know, for creativity, because you'll, you'll start making connections in your brain about like different descriptive words and things like that. Um, I, I, I think, okay. I think Zach said it best. So I won't try and, uh, I, I will just try and add a little bit and just say, um, yeah. Um, just continue to like, if you really want to be good at writing songs, just, just start writing songs, like mm-hmm. just make it a, a habit to just, just keep doing it. I mean, uh, the more you do it, the 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 better you'll get at it. I mean, it's just like anything else. Like with with uh, practice makes perfect, you know. Yep. So that's about it. Awesome. There we go. Well, guys, I want to thank you all for joining me today on the House Plants Podcast. Heck yeah! <laughs> thank you for having us. It was a pleasure to educate your <laughs> listeners. No, no, no. Oh. But I, I, I do thank you both for breaking down and sharing. Uh, these ideas and, and what would uh, what makes your creative processes work um, I, I really um, as you've said I hope our listeners take this and are able to to grow from it and learn from your experiences so this is this has been enlightening um, I, I've thoroughly enjoyed just even being on the on the listening receiving end of it I hope our listeners awesome. have too well yeah no I hope I hope our listeners got something out of it I'm excited mm-hmm. to to, uh, it would be great if we just got a comment with somebody who shared a song with us. I'll just say, uh, any of you guys listening out there, if you if you have any songs that you've written, um, feel free to send us a little snippet on SoundCloud or on YouTube or something like that, man. We'd love to hear your stuff. Yeah, buddy. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, some of the easiest ways to find us is on Facebook um, as well as on Patreon. Um, and, of course, uh, wherever you have found this podcast, uh, we're on all the major platforms. So, uh so yeah, thanks for joining us today. All right, man. We'll catch you next time. Peace. I'm going to hit stop. I don't know what will happen. <laughs> <laughs>